0: allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24 through 26, at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive.
1: Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously and...
0: Juicy
1: joy, juicy joy. Juicy joy, juicy joy. Juicy joy, juicy joy. Hey, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. You are so deserving of all the joy and juiciness you can stand. I'm Lisa McCourt of Joy School, and this is Do Joy, the Vibration Elevation Podcast. Let's do some joy. Welcome back to do joy, my love bugs. Always so good to share energy in this space with you. We have spoken here and there in recent months with some gorgeous souls who have cultivated high levels of proficiency in using their intuitive abilities most notably and to my mind most importantly they seem to use them in service to humanity either helping to pave the way for all of us to acknowledge and connect with that part of ourselves or in just helping those who maybe have not cultivated that particular skill to be able to pull back that veil on their own lives and see the truth of what's written on their souls their paths their purpose here So today, we're going to get to explore these yummy, delicious topics with a highly accomplished new friend. We connected through my beautiful friend, Victoria Shaw, who you all have heard me talk about a lot, who has taught me so, so much about understanding my own intuitive capacities and recognizing and acknowledging them. And I just know we're going to have a fabulous time today with LaRue Epler, a sought-after speaker and coach whose clientele spans the globe. She is the creator of Test and Tap, the Evo K Method, co-author of Your Essential Whisper. Oh, I love that title. That gave me goosebumps. Welcome, LaRue.
2: Thank you. I am honored to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm curious to see what's going to come out through our conversation here
1: today. Oh, me too. I love how you put it that way. We'll just like see what, see what emerges. I love your name. I love your beautiful art on your walls. I wish y'all could see this uh, beautiful person that I'm getting to look at. And I know you just have to listen to us, but (laughs) your name is so pretty. Is it a French name?
2: Um, it's French. It's my middle name. My mother named me Frida LaRue and I went by Frida until I started this work that I'm doing with other people 30 over 30 years ago now. And a friend said, you know, LaRue really fits you better. And I said, great, because I don't like Frida anyway. And so I discovered mother just made it up. It was a sound. But when I looked it up, it meant the street or the avenue. And I came to see that it really is about the path. and that my life is about helping people live the path of their soul. So thank you for asking about my name.
1: I was just thinking, I'm so glad I asked. It was sort of a a weird little thing I hadn't planned to say, but as I was saying your name, I'm like, that is so pretty in my mouth, LaRue. So something was telling me to ask you that because that is such a, a fitting meaning as well. That's really beautiful. So I, I listened to your podcast with Victoria. I don't want to ask you all the same things, but I did find some really intriguing nuggets there. So I hope you'll indulge me in some of those areas. Oh, sure. oh. <laughs> I found that with a lot of my guests, the conversation comes around to this idea of purpose, right? How powerfully joyful and liberating it can be when we just get clear from of what we're here for and it's different for everyone and doesn't have to tie into career though of course it could but it could be so many other things and i know that you say that so often we get hung up on these impressive titles and degrees and it just throws people off track and gets them looking in the wrong direction so share with us what purpose means to you
2: oh wow great great question To me, that we're all here for a reason, that it's not an accident that you you were born and that any of our audience members, those those of you listening, you're here for a reason. And and our life's path, I think, is uh, to explore what that is. You know, when we have all these learning experiences throughout our life, challenges, the ups, the downs, and all of those are really connected to why we're here. And I believe that our intuition is the, the GPS that if we learn or, you know, by following it, our path, our purpose path unfolds for us. I, I think a lot of people think of their purpose as their vocation, and it can be. Mine is certainly involved. My vocation and my purpose are very closely linked. But um, Uh, Your purpose doesn't have to be a vocation. And I think people need to understand that because sometimes they're looking for it in that way. And it's just not in their vocation. Doesn't mean, you know, that they um, can't be living their purpose, even if they're, you know, in a career that doesn't look like it's helping people if they want to help people like you and I do.
1: Right. Yeah. No. I love that. And for some reason, I'm going back to a conversation that you and I were having before we hit the record button. You were asking about my children's book, "I Love You, Stinky Face," and saying how in children's books there's all these you know messages that we need to hear as adults. And it, it just what you were talking about with our intuition leading us to our purpose reminded me of the the sort of just weird download i got about that book when i was pregnant with my first child and and it just all kind of came in a whoosh and it definitely was a a moment of there's something working through me or doing this through me and i didn't think of myself as someone who wrote books at the time i was working in publishing i was an editor i was a book buyer i wasn't a, a writer but um that book did go on to help so many parents show unconditional love to their children and um, it actually has been having a resurgence because now the book is 24 years old. So there are a lot of kids who were read that when they were young. And um, I do a lot of work with LGBTQ community. And I sadly, I'm happy that this is powerful for them, but it's so heartbreaking because where kids are putting this on social media and pulling it up is that I was read this that, that my parents love for me was unconditional, but I found where you know that place where it's not. And so it's sort of had this like underground resurgence in this community of um, older kids who were read it as, as kids. and I, it just shows me that you have to follow those intuitive nudges even if you don't really understand why or what you're being tapped to do. you just follow it and, and put it out there and it can can be that that direction pointer.
2: Absolutely. And I love that you followed that. You know, in, in the book that I co-authored with my friend Vanessa Wesley, Your Essential Whisper, we talk about six different ways that your intuition speaks to you. And one of them is like an inspiration or an urge where there's an energy that you have to act on. Mm-hmm. Right?
0: Yeah. And,
2: you know, and and look how it served these people for twenty four years and you know, you don't even know the depth and breadth that that book has reached people. you know you know a lot but you don't know every hand it's been in and every how it's touched each one of them. and I'm sure it's massive. Yeah. And you it's- follow a flash.
1: Right. And and it really is so illogical sometimes when when I'm interviewed and someone asks, well, you know, how did you become a joy trader? It's sort of like, yeah, I don't. That's like saying I'm circus people. I don't know. <laughs> I just <you> know, <laughs> believe me. There's no real fluid way or reason or logic to it. This is just where I ended up. And I think that that's um, a lot of what people in your position are there to help people to understand it's just that it doesn't always have to make sense you just have to be open to those those nudges and those feelings absolutely
2: and and, you know and i really think that that's how sometimes we really miss our purpose is we have these little nudges these little these little things tapping us on the shoulder but it isn't logical this path that you know wants to unfold for us and and i'm not saying be stupid and quit your job and you know without income and that sort of thing but i'm i'm saying we should pursue those things we should explore them we should you know look for them and and, and intuition isn't logical it often makes sense in hindsight but the moment it
1: comes it isn't logical yeah it, right So assuming that we all have a soul, which we do, and that that soul self is where intuition lives, why do you think it is that such a large, tremendous percentage of the population just habitually ignores it, denies it, blocks it?
2: Well, one is, I I think there's a few reasons, but one is I think our education system teaches us to be logical um i think religious has taught us to give our power to some other authority the priest the rabbi the whomever um and i know for my my for myself in childhood i had intuitive impressions of things like i could feel my mom's sadness and i'd say mommy are you sad and she would say oh no honey and i would be so confused because What I felt was sadness coming from her, the look on her face. And after experiences like that, I'm not blaming her. I'm just explaining how this came to be for me. I, over time, and I didn't even realize this, I was doubting myself. Like, oh, I must not know. Oh, others know. Oh, I can't trust what I'm perceiving. And so over time, we just come to learn to trust logic. It's just we've all unconsciously agreed to do that or maybe not all but but a lot of us have and then i think you know we move away from our nature the more we get indoctrinated by life have painful experiences we've moved away from that instinctive nature that we were born with it was so clear to us in the beginning and so part of my job is helping people return home to that Mm -hmm.
1: And what beautiful work that is. That is a a lifelong goal of mine and and many of my joy scholars as well. We always keep that uh, high on our priorities is just getting ever more, we call it the vertical self and the horizontal self, bringing that vertical self more to the forefront of our lives because most of us are very much out of balance with which one we align with and we're very much aligned with our horizontal self and, and really bringing that vertical self the forefront of our lives is what opens up the the joy and elevates our frequency and our vibration and allows for intuitive messages to come through
2: well and that's really good i love that description horizontal self and vertical self. those are totally words it's brilliant love it and, and you know and that's what when we get those flashes doesn't it feel vertical it mm-hmm. doesn't feel horizontal does it?
1: yeah love it but, but it's confusing to discern because we have those loud voices in our heads, right? And sometimes the loudest voice is the one that's associated with fear and those beliefs that we stored away from a long time ago. Do you have any special tips that you share about how to discern those voices in your head to know which one is that clear voice of source?
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, the loud voices usually have fear you know, you'll know you're afraid, so that's not your intuitive voice. And also, when we think we get an intuitive thing, an uh, impression or a voice, um, if it's followed up with the word because, you can know it's all logical, because because it's pure logic.
1: Yeah, that's good. That's a good trick. Okay.
2: And, and so a, a, a pure voice, it doesn't make sense to the rational mind. And, and and if we're really tuned in, we probably get a sense of, if we'll go into how does that feel, we'll probably feel a sense of ease, a sense of relaxation, a sense of peace. If we just take a moment with that thought versus those other thoughts that are loud, stop and feel those. <laughs> you will not feel peace. You will not feel relaxed. You will not feel ease. So it's a, if you tune in your feeling age, you'll get a real clear read on the difference.
1: I get what you're saying, and it doesn't always mean that the intuitive voice is telling us what we want to hear. There can be ease and a, a peacefulness around it, even when it's telling us to do the harder thing. Yeah,
2: yeah. It may it may not feel good, but it might feel right. You know, the, the ease of it is like to the to the conscious mind or the logical mind. It go, no, I don't want to do that, but it feels right inside
1: has that inherent integrity. Yeah. And
2: one of the things we have to, inherent integrity, I love that. One of the things I think we have to really watch, Lisa, is I will often, because I still have a really busy mind, okay, I will often get an intuitive impression and my mind wants to assign meaning to it, right? Like when I got on my path, um to to do this work i had you know just moved to texas my life had fallen apart i was not working and one morning i walked in into the living room i threw my arms, arms up in the air and i said all right god i'm ready to start my life now what do you want me to do i really was in a surrender moment a very sincere moment and i heard the words this is before i even knew i had an inner voice call the court reporting school the what i'm sorry call the court reporting school Court reporting
1: okay yeah
2: and 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 I had a flash of, of a court reporter coming to our school on career day in high school. And and that just flashed. I went, oh, I'm going to be a court reporter. And I went through the process. I interviewed at schools and did all this research and found out I was going to enroll. Ended up dating the guy from the court reporting school, the salesman there. And as we got to know, he got to know me. He said, you are not, thank God he got to know me. You're not cut out to be a court reporter. <laughs> and... And then I thought back to that message, but I had that message and it didn't say I was going to be a court reporter. It gave me my next step. And that's what intuition will do. And I don't ever know that it gives me it's ever given me the whole picture, just the next step. And it said, call the court reporting school. Well, the reason I called the court reporting school, I now know, was to meet this guy. And he had started a Course in Miracles group. I was new to Texas. Mm-hmm. And I had been studying Course in Miracles in the closet in Oklahoma, where I was from. I didn't talk about it with anyone. And I finally had my family, my spiritual family. That's why I was to call the corporate So the first phone call I made after I moved to Texas. And so I've kind of convoluted a couple of messages here. But number one point is the mind wants to make up what something means when we're to follow the instructions. I was to call the school. It didn't mean I was gonna be a core reporter.
1: That was such a beautiful example of that. I got goosebumps. Yes, we do. We want the whole answer right now, fully formed in our hands so that we can have certainty and assurity moving forward in our life. And that's not how intuition works.
2: No, it isn't. It is training
1: isn't. us up for that trust for that that just surrender to the flow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: And so, you know, if we just start practicing, really trusting those little moments, we will we, we, we start to build a body of evidence of, wow, this part that's non-logical, this vertical self really knows what it's talking about.
1: Oh, that's beautiful. And that's when life gets really exciting and juicy is when you can just surrender surrender to that process without the fear and without having to know. Knowing is boring. Non-knowing is so much more exciting.
2: Oh, oh <laughs> it, it, it's so true. You're, you're right. You know, I used to pray for safety and security and I got it and I was miserable. And <laughs> and I I mean, I love safety and security. Don't get me wrong. But when we get, because safe and secure... What part's trying to do that? It's the ego. It's the mind that's scared, right? And it says, well, if I've got this in order and that in order, then I'm safe and I'm all locked down and I'm OK. But there, there's no joy in that. There's no living. It's boring because we do the same thing all the time. And joy is is on the birth of something new. It's that adventure that we go into every day. Yeah,
1: absolutely. One of the things that I learned from Victoria is that we're all actually using our intuition all the time, just mostly without realizing it, right? Yes. Like it, it can. Yes. She helped me to see, and then I've in turn helped my Joy Schoolers to see, like to tune into how it's showing up in your life because it's going to show up in different ways for all of us.
2: Yes yes yeah absolutely you know there um some people you know they hear an inner voice i hear mine i get mine through most of my channels you know um here i can feel i have flashes and images i just have knowings you know but i think there's primary ones that we each you know we may have one that's stronger than others and we just need to get to know them we wouldn't have been sent here without them it's how we navigate our way through life
1: yeah yeah, and anything that we've just always felt we were naturally successful at or skilled at is probably an area where it's coming through. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So then, what purpose do you think intuition? plays in people's lives, whether they're realizing that they're intuitive or they're not even recognizing it? Is it really just to help us down some preordained path? Do you think that we we come here with these soul contracts that we're, we're being led to to fulfill one by one? Or is it more random than that? I always try to, to square that away with the whole law of attraction piece that we're creating our reality in every moment based on the next moment and the next and the next. So Where do those two complete? Well,
2: to be honest, I'm always trying to square that away myself. You know, I I do believe we're here for a purpose. I believe we're here to explore what that is. And I believe that here's my belief. Our intuition is to help us unfold our most joyful life what and whatever those soul lessons and joys are on this path was that preordained i don't know how could i know i don't know right
1: we're not supposed to i guess
2: yeah i I think what i'm coming to is as i surrender more and more of larue's agenda for her (laughs) life i'm coming to see that whatever is in my soul Um, if it was preordained or whatever it seems to be whatever unfolds seems to be more joyful than anything i could have ever planned and so i don't know you know was there a plan set forth i know we're here for a reason or are we here to explore what what brings us alive and we're making up as we go i don't know i don't even think that really matters i think we just need to follow our joy and our intuition and do what feels joyful And i think we'll end up in the place we need to end up
1: in And sometimes that just involves some traumas along the way and some hardships. And I've heard some uh, very highly gifted intuitives say that it was at that dark night of the soul that their intuition was activated in some way as a a lifeline. Absolutely. So I guess it can...
2: Well, you know what? You, You want to hear my belief on why that's the case? Yes. And I'm basing this upon my own painful life experiences, because I wouldn't align with my higher self, my soul's guidance for so many times in my life. I was gonna do it my way. It took me having painful, hard experiences for me to surrender. And then when I resurrendered, surrendered my intuitive abilities could come forth. There was space to hear them because why do I need intuition if if I'm gonna be directing my life from my ego? and my plants, right? There's no room. So I think that we have to hit those hard walls to have a surrender so that our higher intelligence can make itself manifest through us.
1: Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I know even looking back in my own life, it's been some of the harder times that have made me commit to learning about energy and quantum physics and and all the things that I, I have enriched my life so much all these energy modalities and ways of approaching things that I wouldn't have maybe taken the time and put the energy in exploring if it weren't to get me out of some personal pain that I was going through
2: absolutely man I tell you what the soul has a lot of leverage when we're in pain <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like I've got our
1: attention now right you're right oh my gosh so tell yeah, us. They,
2: Go ahead. there's, you know, there's a book, there's a book um, by Sanea Roman, I'm not even sure I, I, I've i had her book on my shelf for 30 years now called Living with Joy. And she was saying, you know, we can choose the easy path. And, and, I you know, I don't know, you know, I, I'm just still learning how to choose the easier path. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, I look back at a, at a relationship in my life, that was a really painful one after I was somewhat spiritually matured. And I'm going, You know, I really did seek guidance, and I chose the hard path. And I got a lot from it, and I know I got a major life lesson from it. I really, I really got it and locked it in. Could I have gotten that on the joyful path? I don't know, maybe, but I know now looking back, I didn't feel I was worthy of a more joyful path at the time. I didn't know that's why I was choosing the
1: hard path,
2: but I didn't feel worthy of a joyful, beautiful life.
1: And that is so often the case. Oh, my goodness. In Joy School, that comes up all the time because those hard times are just holding up the mirror to show us what we need to understand about ourselves. And so many times that's what it is. We create from our baseline expectations, not what we say we're expecting or what we wanting, but what we deep down believe we deserve. And we're going to expect based on that. And we're going to create based on that. Yeah. And when you say baseline, do you mean even maybe unconscious? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So unconscious Mm -hmm. because it's just the water we swim in. It's just what we've been taught about our place in this world and other people and and what we are here to experience and and deserve.
2: Yeah. Yeah. True.
1: I know that you and I have had a lot of the same influences. We do Byron Katie work in joy school and Joe Dispenza work in joy school. You mentioned that book. Has there been sort of one, Influence that you feel has has informed your work, shaped your work more than others.
2: Yeah, um, definitely. One of my early teachers, he's actually the the person who helped me learn to really mm-hmm. validate my inner voice, uh, was Dr. John F. Demartini. Mm. and um, he's world renowned. Not as well known as uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, but he's very well-known in in the chiropractic community especially and um and he has studied all the great religions cosmology and everything and just i couldn't repeat everything he said because you know i was in my early 30s but it made a profound impact on me of of how the universe works and 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 especially my soul before i went to my first training with him may i tell you a quick story about hearing my inner voice yeah yeah Well, I had I had been hearing. This is before I had a mobile phone. This was early '90s. Okay, I didn't have a mobile phone until '93, I think it was. And um, no matter where I was, I could hear sometimes hear my phone ringing. I could be at the grocery store. I could be on an airplane, and it was so bizarre. I mean, you don't. I didn't tell anyone about it, but it was really real. And this was again the days where you didn't hear phones ringing on the airplane or at the grocery store, right? And I, so what do you do with something like that? You know, I just shrugged it off and went, that's really, really weird. So one day I ended up in Dr. Martini's workshop and he taught us, you know, about cosmology and the universe and energy and vibrations and all, you know, all this stuff. And, and, um, and, and then he said, now I'm going to teach you how to listen to the wisdom of your soul. And so he had us put our eyes up and he explained the science of why you put your eyes up in this certain position, you roll them up to the top of your head and you do this breathing and what it does to the brain and how you channel your higher self and all this stuff. And so I'm doing the breathing. I'm about to hyperventilate and fall out of my chair. And, and he said, now put your attention on your soul. He says, your soul lives in your heart chakra, in your heart center. Put your attention there and ask your soul what it wants you to know. So I did all this breathing and I'm, you know, and I put my attention on my heart and I said, okay, soul, so what do you want me to know? I'm very flippant about this whole thing, right? And I heard a voice. And it's the same voice you're hearing right now, except it was a silent voice deep inside my infinite space. And this voice said, I've been calling. <laughs> you haven't answered. And I flashed that to the phone right that had been going on for six months and i just started weeping and crying i said you mean i can talk to you <laughs> we can actually have a dialogue he said yes and it started giving me instructions for my life and it started waking me up at three and four o'clock in the morning with poetry which was guidance for my life that went on for many years
1: that is so beautiful. So, so you were supposed to in your head say hello, <laughs> and just see what right. see what they had called about.
2: Exactly, I was supposed to say hello. What do you got for me? That's beautiful.
1: If if um if this isn't appropriate for the setting, I totally understand. But I'm wondering if you would want to share about the breathing and the eye roll. Every week I give the listeners something to take into their week that they could practice. Uh, it's great when it's a whole, you know, little practice exercise they can do. Sure. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So, so, so what you up, do. Y'all. This is your home play. Lou is going to give it to you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you want us to literally do it right now? Could we? Yes. Yeah. 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 So um, I haven't let anyone through this in, I don't know, a long, long time. But let's just do this. So what you're going to do is, um, you know, sit comfortably or up straight, whatever is comfortable for you. And and just have your chin level and your nose straight forward. And just rotate your eyes gently up to the, or as high up as they will go. Just right up the top of your head. With your and eyes closed? Eyes open, oh, I, yeah, eyes open or closed. Okay. Doesn't matter. I tend to close mine, but, you know, whatever whatever you can do, some people can't close their eyes for some reason. That's all right. And just start breathing in your nose and out your mouth rapidly, this pace. And if you can't breathe in your nose, just breathe in and out your mouth. Sometimes we have a little stuffiness, and, and that's okay. But if you can breathe in your nose, do that in your nose and out your mouth with your eyes up. After about 18 20 breaths, you'll start to feel a little tingly. Just breathe to your tingly. Now, keep your eyes rolled up. Put your attention on your heart center. Maybe even touch your heart to your chest and say to your soul, Soul, what is mine to know? And just wait and notice what you feel or sense or here, or what thought comes into your awareness. And if nothing comes, maybe there's nothing to know right now, but there might be in the next moment.
1: Right, because once we invite that, it can show up later in our lives through a synchronicity, a sign, right? Yeah,
2: you might leave and get in your car and all of a sudden there's a song and something in the song jumps out at you. And there you go. Oh, that's what I'm to know You open your awareness. I'm curious. Did you have any feelings or thoughts or
1: anything come to you? I did. I saw an image of a a window, like a window. Not in the kind of house I have now, but in the kind of house I grew up in where it's open partway and the curtains were kind of blowing back. And um, I wasn't sure what to make of that, but that was what I saw and i I heard something about a family situation that's that's been very heavy on my heart this past year i've had a, a very broken heart around some family members this past year and mm-hmm. um and i i think i I heard that it's they're they're not mine to rescue and I think that that's been very uh wow. yeah yeah i've I've had very much about wanting to somehow rescue, and, and I heard that they're not mine to rescue. I don't know how that ties in with the window, but it was sort of two separate things, the window and
2: the window. May I ask a question about the window? When you see the window, what feeling do you get?
1: It was sort of like the freedom and the beautiful sunny day was on the other side of the window, and the perspective that I was looking at it from was sort of a dark, bleak room. <laughs> so Did that was... image
2: come before the message about
1: yes their Yes interest? The image came before that.
2: I will. I'm glad. Well, a beautiful experience. I'm glad you had that vision, because I want to say to the listeners, oftentimes we I will get an image before I sense or feel or hear anything. And and it just kind of comes out of nowhere. It's not anything that you're making up that you're trying to make up. It's it's something it's a flash that just flashes in. You'll know you're tuned in when that happens. If you need to understand it, you will understand it. You can ask, what am I to understand about this, if anything? And if if nothing comes, just trust that there's nothing right now. But I think, you know, in my world, that fits beautifully with what you just got, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, that.
1: Beautiful. And I've, I've learned what you were just saying. I learned that, you know, not, not easily or quickly, but I've sort of learned that, you know, don't question whatever the image is, just accept it, just just let it be there. And I I have experienced for me that the understanding often comes later. I'll, yeah. I'll see that in something in a TV commercial tonight or, or something that will add to the depth of the message. So yes. I just kind of accept it. And I, I think too, and maybe somebody has said this and, you know, podcast listeners, if it was one of my podcast guests, I'm sorry, I'm not remembering which one, but maybe someone has said this, but that even if I don't ever understand what the window was meant to symbolize that just having that experience is healing in some way, that it that doesn't have yes. to make sense to me for it to heal that, that part of my soul that's looking for healing. Absolutely.
2: I love that advice. I, that feels so true to me. We don't have to understand i think that's how we block healing is we think we have to understand it. you know i used to promote byron katie i had a healing center here in dallas and this was before she was world famous she would come here and and do workshops you know at my center and, and one day, we were driving down the road. I, she had a relative that lived close by, and we left, and she had tears rolling down her face. And I said, Katie, why are you crying? I was so curious. You know, I was about everything. I was just learning from her. And I said, why are you crying? And she, she said something that changed my life about this very subject we're talking about, needing to understand. And she said, oh, I don't know, honey. I mean you can actually cry and feel something and not have to understand it what a concept and then i'm going well isn't that real feelings are to be felt thoughts are to be to be thought and understood but you don't have to go into the uh, she just let it be oh i don't know honey <laughs> i have permission to feel something and not understand it yeah
1: and and so much of that is my understanding of how we heal those stored energies that we weren't able to process at the time when we had these little traumas, mini traumas or major traumas that that we've stored in our energetic bodies, and it's the feeling that often comes from some trigger in our external moment. But but allowing ourselves to feel them is what heals it.
2: That's it. That is the healing, not the lo- analyzing it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and we want to analyze, don't we? Our brains really want to get in there and figure it all out.
2: My brain does. My brain does.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, tell us about what you call the snapshot click. I love that term.
2: It's interesting you brought that up because what you just described, like, you know, sometimes in your meditations or whatever, you'll get a flash of an image and you may not understand it till later. Remember, you were saying uh-huh. that? That is exactly a snapshot click. It's something. There's a snapshot. Something stands out in some way, usually an image or a memory or a conversation, something someone said. You know, when you're having coffee with a friend and you keep, it keeps coming back and you don't quite know why that was significant, but you move on down the road an hour, a week or a month. And all of a sudden it clicks like that's what that is. That's a snapshot click. The snapshot is this is that your soul saying, this image, this conversation, whatever it might be, this is significant. Note it, it's all going to come together eventually. Mm. That's a snapshot click. Um, Mark Victor Hansen, I know you've written some some chicken soup, yeah, books, right? Um, uh, Mark, not Victor Hansen, but um, Jack Canfield tells the story. You, you may be well, this was actually he told it in, in the movie The Secret about they were trying to make their first book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, a bestseller, right? and um having a really really difficult time and one day he was on his way to a meeting and stopped by i don't know like a 7-eleven or something like that to pick up something and he walked by the national Enquirer, and it jumped out at him it just he said the background just faded away and that was that was just it so the next day he's at a conference and a woman from the National Enquirer came up to him and said, "I'd like to interview you about your book." Now, I don't know about you, but I don't know that I would have been open to being interviewed <laughs> in the National Enquirer about my book. But because he had had that experience, yeah, open to her interviewing him. So you know, the soul is pre-paving, right? Like you say, you want this, okay? Pay attention, right? So it had him notice the National Enquirer. It was almost like it, it you know, just kind of. Came in to to focus for him. He did the interview, and the National Enquirer is what made their book a bestseller.
1: Oh, I love it! That's a snapshot click. Yes, and do you think that he had had any kind of? setting the intention that I'm going to be aware of these nudges from the universe? Like, I'm sure it helps to set that intention. Do you think that had been the case for him or, or it was just so overwhelming that he couldn't help but notice?
2: You know, I don't know. I I mean, I only heard him tell this, you know, on the on the secret and I've never got to that oh boy, when I see him again, which, you know, I don't know when that would be. Uh, but I must ask him that question. That would be a great question to ask him.
1: Yeah, because that's a great reminder for all of us to just set that intention. You know, that's how we create our whole reality is with our intention. So, you know, show me what I I need to notice in particular today. Because we do that anyway, and we normally are doing it based on what we call the filter in Joyce Gold, which is this like convoluted, tingly web of beliefs that are mostly false that we created when we were too young to even have logic and understanding about the rules here and how life works and who people are and what our place in the world is. We form all these beliefs, and that becomes the keyhole that we see. All of this reality through and yes. we have to take control of the keyhole and be more intentional about what we allow into our consciousness because yeah. joe dispenza says 400 billion bits of information are available in every moment our conscious minds are taken in and processing about 50 of them so exactly. what, what's determining that what's, what's that sorting system is it our unconscious beliefs that aren't serving us or can we be more intentional about that yes absolutely yes I love that. You also talk in your book about collapsed time. Yeah. I love that idea too. That's when we really know that we're experiencing our soul's messaging, right?
2: That's it. So a collapsed collapsed time and space, it's actually, I think, more, if I were to write the book again, I'd write it expanded space, collapsed time, is that where time dissolves, you're so intensely present that nothing exists in your conscious awareness, accept this moment and what you're present to in the moment. And amazing things happen from from that place. Like I was um, in a car accident uh, when I was 16, I I totaled my mother's car and top the hill. And I, I could tell that if I went to the right, my car would turn over, it was a ravine. If I went straight, I was gonna hit the car. And if I went left, I was going to hit a a bus, an oncoming uh, or truck or whatever. And I all of a sudden knew that I was to hit the car. That was the better option. And all of that was it it, it took me much longer to tell you because all that happened in a split second. But it seemed timeless. Seemed like I had forever.
1: Wow. So you feel like your soul was coming in there, giving you important messaging in that moment.
2: Absolutely. And there was a there was a bus in front of the woman I hit and, and we were stopped because they the bus was waiting for oncoming traffic. It was a two-lane road out in the country to make a left-hand turn. And and it, it doesn't make sense that I would choose to hit her, right? Because her car would go under the bus. I could I had no time to think all that through. But that's what I saw was to stay straight, put on my brakes and You know and in the moment i hit her the bus turned she Mm. did not go under the bus
1: Mm. wow that's powerful Mm -hmm. so this is a a state that can come upon us like it did in that situation for you it almost sounds to me also like one of the pillars of higher consciousness that we strive for where we're not encumbered by these past and
2: that's what it is future
1: thoughts it's just that that uber mindfulness of being in the present moment and that is where that clutter falls away from our brain so that we can be more present to the messaging
2: yeah Yeah, the 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 beta mind that busy thinking mind it it doesn't exist in that moment yeah it's pure beingness
1: And one more thing that I've heard you talk about that I'd love for you to share is that difference between an urge and a compulsion, because that also plays into which of these voices we're going to subscribe to and listen to in our busy brains. Yeah.
2: Well, I don't know if you've ever had a compulsion or not, but I have. And compulsions, they have control, not us. We can't control them. An urge is very different. You may have an intuitive urge or impulse but it's not a compulsion to um call mary you know an urgency about it or or a tug or a pull and you call mary and she was like she's having a rough day or oh my god i'm so glad you called or, or whatever or you may feel a tug or an urge to you know go to that seminar that you wanted to. And there you meet the connection that you have been longing for, you know, but it's, and that actually happened to me many years ago. I kept feeling that I needed to go and review this course I'd taken, but it was a a two week course I'd have to miss work. And I was a single mother and I was raising my son and, and it just didn't make sense, you know, logical that, you know, that I could even afford it, but I kept feeling it. Finally, I just up and enrolled and I went and. Uh, it turns out I ended up getting, oh, my God, I don't know, 20 clients from that event or something. And one woman said, oh, my God, your work is so phenomenal. Can I, would you feel offended if I donated $10,000 for you to copyright your materials and do your <laughs> copyright research? Like offended, she said, and there's more where that comes from. And I, I mean, that, that event, it kept me in business. Oh my but, goodness. but it was an urge and I kept feeling it. Yeah. You know, you'll keep feeling the urge until the opportunity is passed. Once the opportunity is passed, you won't have that urge anymore. So really act on it. Oh,
1: yeah. And I love the way, again, it ties into what you were saying earlier about even when it doesn't really make sense or fit into your life in a logical way, you, you just trust that urge versus mm-hmm. a compulsion to me sounds more like the way our addictions will drive us to certain avoidance mechanisms or you know, pleasure over pain situations, that that's more of just a, a lower frequency, right? A, a denser energy pull.
2: Yeah, very good description. It's a very, very dense. It's fear-based is what it is, yeah. right? If, you, if we were to really, when we're in the middle of a compulsion, go, okay, why am I doing this? Well, because if I don't, then something bad will happen or something won't happen. It's fear And an urge is, again, you don't know why you're going to that course. You don't know why you're calling Mary. You're going to find out why. It's very different.
1: Yeah. That reminds me of just one more thing, and then I want to ask you to share how people can find you. But it reminds me of something that you said with Victoria that um, we also talk about all the time in, in joy school. We say we're just pushing the pieces around the game board, and the more light we can be, um, the, the more effective we're going to be in the world and you talked about worrying versus wondering when you want to ask your soul something the the worry energy like you know oh tell me tell me I need to know this answer isn't going to be nearly as effective as just I wonder I wonder what you have to show me spirit self
2: <laughs> yeah this is one of my favorite ways to to elicit you know intuition is again worry comes from that busy mind right when we're wondering we actually, um, activate the right brain, the creative brain, the intuitive brain, right? Because we just wonder, we're lighthearted, we're not attached, right? And and then the answer can come. When I'm wondering about something, I'm not, okay, I'm wondering, and now I'm going to go figure it out, I'm going to hunt it down, I'm going to do all this, that's not the approach. It's just, I wonder what the solution is. I wonder what the answer is. It's a very lighthearted, loose feeling about it. Rather, worry is very tight, very constricted, right? And a lot of control around it. And it, it just works like like magic. I tell this story on so many interviews and forgive me if you've heard this, but I remember one day I was in my kitchen. It was just like a day or so after I'd bought groceries. And I, I it was the end of the day. I went to open my refrigerator to make a salad or cook or whatever. And I went, My tomatoes, they're two days old. They're rotting. Why do my tomatoes always rot? And all of a sudden, I'm, you know, it was like, I wonder why my tomatoes are rotting, right? But I wasn't going to go looking for an answer. And all of a sudden, I had an urge to turn on the television so while well, I'm making dinner, right? And I turned on the TV, and it was on a cooking show, Emerald Degasi, you know, that Louisiana Cajun cook guy. And, and I turned it on in the right moment, and he said, never, ever, ever, I wish I could do his accent, never, ever, ever put your tomatoes in the bin with apples, because apples emit a gas that break down fruits and vegetables, well, that's what I was always doing, throwing them in the same <laughs> bit. So literally, I wondered, I wonder why my tomatoes are going rotten. I have an urge, turn on the TV. And there's my answer in seconds.
1: Oh, my gosh. That's so beautiful. I love that. That's funny. It makes
2: life magical. Wonderment <laughs> is, a, is you know, when you do the, the wondering, it's a feeling of awe. Like I felt in awe, right? And it's the magic of life. Yeah
1: and appreciating it. When we appreciate the magic, we get more magic. So we have to celebrate more. those moments.
2: We get more. It's true.
1: Well tell the listeners about all the fabulous ways to work with you and keep up with what you're doing and find you.
2: Thank you. Well, my website is LaRue Epler. It's l a r u e e p p l e r dot com. So you can you can go there on the homepage. I have a free purpose guide. If you're looking for your purpose, you could use some guidance around that. I encourage you to download that. Uh, It even comes with a series of video trainings that come with it all for free. Um, And in the guide, I talk about the two different kinds of purpose, and I think those are important distinctions, and there's some exercises that take you through different ages and phases of your life. So that's that's that. And also, um, if you're interested in learning about kinesiology, because in my private coaching work, I've been using kinesiology now for 33 years. I call it truth testing, uh, because what we're looking for is the truth and not like, are you telling a lie or are you telling that? That's not what I mean by that, but it's like, it might be true for you that oranges are good for you, but it might be not true for me that oranges are good for me, right? So we're talking about what's true for you. What's true for you in any area of your life. So I have a training where I teach people how to do the truth testing for themselves. And so if you're interested in that, just go to the test and tab and get on the mailing list. So when I open up a training coming out this year, you'll be notified for that. And of course, I do private one-on-one work and you can go and 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 uh, click the tab about that and learn all about it, whether you want to help with your intuition, um, your purpose, or you just need a general breakthrough in, in your life. I'm really good at pinpointing what's going on in the unconscious really quickly and resolving that for people.
1: Thank you so much about for uh, mentioning the kinesthesiology. I meant to ask you about that. So I'm so glad that you shared about that. That's fascinating work.
2: Well, I'm so excited. I, I used to have a free download for a free audio on that. It was my most downloaded. Like I did, a, um, I was on a summit once and I had 800 downloads in like 24 hours or whatever of, of that. And so I've taken it off of the website for now, but I'm working on creating um, um, a, a video training on that. And so if you get on the test and tap list, you'll be on for, for that, um, how to learn how to do that if you're
1: interested. Oh, that's fascinating. Thank you so much, LaRue. I'm sure everyone's going to want to go visit that website, and I hope you all enjoy this home play. Uh, We did it together. It was, I felt it, it was powerful, and I know that lots of our home play has been about tapping into that part of us and i know that not all of you listeners care so much about intuition per se and that you know i want to be a psychic kind of a sense but just learning how to talk to that part of you your own precious self where you have all this knowledge for you like like larue was just describing this yeah. is this is why we do these practices every tool that we can have in our toolbox some of it's going to resonate with some of y'all more than others, but let's just practice them all. So I hope you make use of that this week. That was a really generous share. Thank you, LaRue. And um, I just love y'all. And I'll see you all next week. Joy comes in many flavors, but they all start with you being full on glorious you. If you'd like some personal love and support along your joy journey, Find me at lisamickcourt.com. And as you do your joy this week, remember that you elevating your vibration elevates the vibration of everyone around you and ultimately elevates the vibration of all humanity. Thank you for being a valued member of the team that's bringing more love and joy into the world. We need you. See you next week for Do Joy, the Vibration Elevation Podcast. Much love.
0: Have I walked through my life Like I was asleep Once I found inside my heart That you were born